begin our book club with a few introductions and like an icebreaker, just so we get to know each other a little bit better. So please take some time to introduce yourself, including your name, your pronoun, and what you're interested in about the ILC book club and what you're hoping to get out of it. My name's Lucas. I use he, him, his pronouns. I was interested in the ILC book club because I enjoy leadership and I want to learn more about it. My pronouns are she, her, and like Lucas, I'm interested in leadership, so that's why I am today, and I'm hoping to learn from my peers through this conversation today. My name is Blake, and I use they, them pronouns, and the reason why I want to um, participate in this book club today is because I'm interested in exploring different styles and theories around leadership, and I'm really curious about what other people have to say about this. Hi, my name is Mahin. My pronouns are she, her, and I will help moderate the discussion. Okay, so um, the book that we are discussing today is called Emergent Strategy by um, Adrian Marie Brown. And so does anyone want to give a little bit of an overview of what the book is about and some of, some of the common themes that are in the book? Ending of Emergent Strategy. Um, initially, I, I was a little confused because, you know, what is emergence? But <clears throat> after reading, I think that my definition of emergence would be like the way that complex systems and patterns arise out of um, just the different interactions that we have while going through leadership or different circumstances that we're uh, in. Um, learning how to like go with the flow and change course as things happen. I think that's my understanding. Great, thank you. Yeah, I think that they do a great job in the book of um, relating that to nature and ecosystems and things of that nature. Oh yeah, I thought that was really interesting because um, I remember there was talk of biomimicry mm -hmm. and anti-nurturing behaviors. And um, there was so many connections to like, uh, nature and how nature is constantly changing and flowing. So that was really interesting. And adapting and like, <laughs> I guess, rejuvenating and the resilience of nature and how like teams, systems and individuals can learn from that resilience and how um, they build effective teams and, and environments. Mm -hmm. I liked how personal the book was. Like everything was in a point of view of the author and surrounding her personal experiences and her personal uh, favorite books or favorite movies and using a lot of personal examples. Oh, thank you for mentioning that. Um, I wanna go back to what Blake said about biomimicry. Do you wanna elaborate more on what that is and how that relates to what we're talking about? Mm -hmm. um, I, I bet that a lot of us have a lot to say about this because it was a prominent part of the book for sure. Um, I have my notes pulled up here and I wrote down that the levels of biomimicry involve copying shape, form, uh, or copying a process. Um, so it's like photosynthesis and a leaf, uh, <clears throat> uh, an ecosystem's like setup. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, and in terms of like anti-nurturing behaviors, I wrote down that uh, in the book, it talks about the ways that um, we're socialized to work against respecting the emergent process of like the world we live in. And that can 
be like urgency-based thinking or um, learning that we have to have value um, like in regards to producing things um, and different things, not disturbing the status quo. So not, yeah, getting into that emergent process of going with the flow and being adaptable to changes. Do anyone else have any thoughts about this? I like Very well said. The, the book focused on nature so much. Every section had a relation back to nature mm-hmm. in some way. And I think it was interesting looking at, through it through like the eyes of our systems thinking competency, mm. thinking about how all human systems are based off systems we find in nature absolutely like honestly it kind of gave me hope like the way that they talked about that in terms of the environment like uh, just that like we can rejuvenate ourselves and like you know in the society things happen and life's complicated um but like the ecosystem finds a way to like rejuvenate itself and hopefully society can too <laughs> and as we mimic that oh yeah it because like uh you know how in the book it talked about different things like ants, ferns, dandelions, etc. Um, I have written under like the dandelion section, resilience, resistance, regeneration, and decentralization, which I feel like really touches on like what you said, the core parts of like nature and how that mimics like our our movements and our leadership and just humans in general. Yeah, I think just looking and thinking about your everyday life, you can see how it relates to nature in certain ways. Like thinking of like a beehive and how all the bees are kind of like a queen. We all go to work every day. We all help billionaires profit more and more while we're workers struggling to purchase a meal. Um, You know, where people are pressured into going into the military for a free education while the president sits up in the White House enjoying a leisurely life and these billionaires keep profiting while we're all forced to work and die for profit. Uh-huh. Like ease. Mm-hmm. There's even, like I said, talk of ants and that talks about a cooperative work, collective sustainability. Um, and that makes me think about how ants are so intelligent and they work in such a like collectivist way and they're so intelligent and it's like there are guards to the ant colonies and if ants come and they're like sick or they have like a anything attached to them that can hurt the colony then they're taken away and they're actually like killed so it's like hmm kind of mimics the way that we segregate uh people who are not uh, providing productivity to the colony, people who may bring down the colony. Oh. And think about COVID. During COVID, people couldn't see their sick family members and they were dying alone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's taking away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a lot we can learn from like these natural systems to change the way we live, to be more humanitarian, value the importance of human life over profit. Your point finding the balance of the hierarchy because there is hierarchy in um nature, but making it more humanitarian wise is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Nature can be beautiful, it can also be brutal. So we don't have to be exactly like ants going to take <laughs> going to take.
our sick people. But uh, definitely mimicking that cooperative work that they do is interesting. Yeah, thank you all for your input. Mm. How realistic do you think it is to actually like, I guess like since we're talking about society reflecting nature or like kind of taking from it or like our systems being based off of nature, like do you, how realistic do you think it would be to actually do that? Or do you think we already do that? I guess if we were talking about like the hierarchy and like ants and stuff, but like realistically, like the rejuvenation of nature, or like the way that things kind of like go back to equilibrium, like how likely do you think it would be for us as like a society to do that? I think you, there's examples in history already, like no de democratic regime has lasted more than 250 years. Mm -hmm. We're getting pretty close to that number ourselves in the US and you see things degrading and getting worse and worse every year. Um, so I think it's possible and I think it's likely to happen um, because maybe systems aren't built to last, but they're built they're built to benefit certain people, unlike natural systems where they are they're meant to benefit the entire ant colony, for example. They're meant to benefit the entire beehive and keep it healthy. Whereas our human systems, while they might mimic natural systems in certain ways, we aren't building it for the benefit of all people. And I think that's the the issue and the likely downfall of our systems is because they aren't built. Um, in the book, it talks about how organizations are structured in a way that reflect the status quo. And uh, the theme of small becomes big comes back there, where it, where it says patterns start small and become, become movement-wide. So in this case, talking about society, if you think about like the origin of like this country and just like our systems, I guess, like you're right, there is a status quo, there are like people to, um, that like these systems are made for to benefit. So I guess starts at, um, if we want it to be more equitable, looking at those and trying to dismantle those things. Um, yeah. And uh, some other things that she talked about around that section were overwork, burnout, um, and like people not really having a collective vision around like where we want this whole thing to go. There's definitely a lot of divide and not sure where we want to go as a society. So that definitely is mimicked abroad mm -hmm. on a bigger scale. Yeah, thank you everyone for your input on that. That was really interesting. Um, it's kind of shifting gears, I guess. So a common theme throughout the book that I noticed was the importance of collaboration. Um, and a quote that Brown uses that really stuck out to me was, um, there is no art to flocking, staying separate enough not to crowd each other, aligning enough to maintain a shared direction and cohesive enough to always move towards each other. Um, and then it goes on to say that nothing she does nor anything that she believes will change the world will happen without deep and radical collaboration. So what do you think, or what is your perspective on the term radical collaboration? I guess I'd start by saying like radical collaboration starts by separating ideas from people mm -hmm. and like not letting <clears throat> things get um, too personal so that you can collaborate um, because when you're just attacking somebody, you're not going to be able to get to the point where you're collaborating in an, on the same um, ideal level. Mm -hmm. 
I disagree a little. I think radical collaboration requires that personal level to be there. Um, thinking of like a social movement or something yeah, like, and thinking of human rights, I think centering like the people that it's affected the most mm -hmm. is really important. I, I guess I'm like a little mixed up about what I really think radical collaboration is, but I think in a sense, it requires you to maybe like come together, identify a common goal and like put aside any like conflicts or I guess biases um, in order to collaborate and see like the, the real mission like that you're both trying to uh, go for. I know the book talks about um, <clears throat> impacted leadership. So leadership of communities directly Im impacted by injustice and privilege support, which is the intentional support for impacted communities um, by people that like can identify their privilege and want to rebalance the power. So maybe that's a uh, an opportunity for radical collaboration, um, I suppose. But I don't know, I'm very mixed up about this term and I would like to explore it more. Thank you. That it's definitely like interesting to think about our society and how we collaborate with one another. Um, I guess another theme that I noticed was a theme of the inevitability of change. Um, and this is like another quote that I thought kind of reflected that. So it says, um, change happens. Change is definitely going to happen no matter what we plan or expect or hope for or set in place. We will adapt to that change or we will become irrelevant. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? And like, how do you think that relates to leadership or how you should adapt your leadership style? I think this is an interesting concept that is definitely valid in certain circumstances, but I think I disagree with the, where it says um, to adapt to the change. Um, or to, there are negative changes that require some people to themselves, and I feel like they shouldn't have to adapt to that. However, they should fight back against that. But now that I'm saying it, I guess changing their attitude to fight back against that is a way of adapting. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I guess I'm yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like the irrelevant piece made me like take a step back and question it a little bit. Um, but there are obviously examples in history where both are true. Yeah. Yeah. Not the best choice, in mm -hmm. my opinion, because I feel like people who don't adapt to the change will still be relevant just in a different way. Yeah. What do you think, like, if you were to fill in that sentence, it says we will adapt to that change or we will become, like, do you think there's something else you could put in there instead of, like, irrelevant? I honestly don't know. Yeah, it's too big of a question. Yeah. No, that's like, maybe Like, I just don't know what problem. We'll like, struggle. We push them aside too much. Like, that's how problems have arose. It's because we will neglect to acknowledge people until they are irrelevant and in I, our brain. And I don't like that mm -hmm. at all. I think that's very valid. Looking yeah. at our current yeah. like political climate, mm -hmm. people, far right ideas were pushed to the side and considered irrelevant for so long. And now there's a fascist governor of Florida. Yeah. Um, there's Nazi neo-Nazis everywhere yeah. like and it's just become more normalized so because it was treated as irrelevant and like we've had for so long, for too long. Yeah. 
yeah, we've been like, oh, this will never happen here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now it's happening here. Yeah. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have anything you want to add? I guess I was thinking if I had to fill in this <clears throat> sentence, we will adapt to change or like speaking from like point of view of someone who's trying to like reach a goal if we don't attach, uh, adapt to change maybe we will become less effective in reaching those goals or we'll, we won't reach the like audience that we intend to perhaps but otherwise I think um, what Lucas and what Val said very true I think it's very circumstantial yeah I was gonna ask like what context she wrote this in because now I'm just yeah. kind of confused like what she meant by like like what change are you adapting to that you if you don't you become irrelevant yeah yeah and maybe in that context if we pulled up and read the whole page yeah. it would make more sense yeah. but in the context of this single quote in this question I feel like irrelevant is not a good word yeah right? and I think it's interesting because we both had different examples for what we were even thinking about in that moment and we still came to the same conclusion of that word is not correct yeah. how do you think that like inevitability of change would relate to like being a leader so that's right i'm saying how do you think the idea of the inevitability of change or the fact that things will change and you have to adapt would relate to leadership or like your leadership style as a leader i think you need to be willing to adapt to change when necessary mm -hmm. however you don't have to accept all change sure. i think being also being willing to challenge change that you don't agree with is important as a leader. Mm -hmm. Not all change is necessarily good. Mm -hmm. So it's important to critically think about what is changing and who will be affected uh, in that sense. Yeah, critical thinking was the word I was like trying to help with that yeah. is needed for. Again, bringing it back to systems thinking and thinking about how the change will affect the systems mm -hmm. you're working in. Just the systems, but also the people. <laughs> yeah, this is this is really great. I think we talked about a lot of really important topics and how they relate to society. Um, is there like any anything that was in the book that kind of gave you some hope or that you feel like you could apply to like going out of this discussion that you think would be important yeah, to mention? Um, the one quote that stuck out to me um, was what you pay attention to grows mm. um, because I do think like whatever, if you're self-aware enough to like notice something and then like, therefore you're automatically more inclined to set goals about it and focus on improving or changing in some way, um, something that you are focused on. So I thought that the, um, what you pay attention to grows was very interesting. Yeah. And kind sure. of similar to our Clifton strengths, like what you put effort into turns into a yeah, right, yeah, that's what I was thinking about too. Yeah, I really liked in the section about interdependence. Um, she talks about kind of relationships and how it's okay. Like you need to let yourself be seen and let people see you. You need to be okay with being wrong and kind of able to come to terms with being wrong and apologize or make amends, um, and then being able to accept your inner inner multitudes and taking care of yourself and finding inner peace, and then also being able to ask and receive what you need and feeling comfortable asking for help, even if someone can't reciprocate equally right away. Um, 
still feeling comfortable asking or that's cool um one thing that stood out to me uh she said my life is a miracle that cannot be recreated which like instantly really wow. stood out to me right and then she talks about how like we can use our lives to create a shift in how we are and she says like I don't experience much failure these days. I experience growth. And so I guess um, that really resonated with me personally because I guess I just see life as like a big chance to learn and to explore. And so her saying that she uses her life to create a shift in how she is just really, I think, gives to that idea of we're living to learn, we're living to grow and to change. And I think that really just connects to the whole idea of emergence and adaptability throughout the book. Um, so yeah, that that quote of her life is a miracle that she cannot recreate is like so awesome to me. Yeah, thank you for sharing everyone. Lots of great discussion. I'm really yeah. happy we did this.